This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We're coming to you around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our broadcast affiliates and satellite programming providers. If you'd like to send an email, studio at exxonradiotv.com or to exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV and our website, where you can find out what we've done in the past, what we're doing in the present, and what we intend on doing into the future at www.xzoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Shakta Khalsa, and uh, she is a leading expert on children and yoga, having worked with both since the mid-1970s. She is a parent, Montessori educator, and a yoga professional recognized by Yoga Journal magazine as one of the top five kundalini yoga teachers in the world. Shakta is the founder and director of Radiant Child Yoga, an internationally known training program for teaching children yoga and working with raising their uh, consciously. Uh, consciously, I should say. She has authored several books, including her latest book on authentic relationships with children titled The Yoga Way to Radiance, How to Follow Your Inner Guidance and Nature Children to Do the Same. Published by our good friends at Llewellyn, and for more information on Shakta, www.childrensyoga.com and www.shaktarights.com. And Shakta, welcome to the X-Zone. Oh, thank you very much. Tell me, what was it uh, that um, that pointed you in the direction uh, that you're following with yoga and children? Uh, what happened was that I uh, I got into yoga first just for myself, mm-hmm. but then I was living in a spiritual community in which there were children, and I started teaching the children yoga, and they were just little children, three, four, five years old, and so I made the yoga really fun for them and, and used songs, and it just kind of became my thing. Um, what is your connection with children? Well, my connection with children started in those days in the 1970s when I lived in the spiritual community. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I began teaching yoga at the children's Montessori school. And one thing led to another. And I became a Montessori teacher. And I had my own school for a number of years, for about eight years. How can yoga enhance our children of today in this technological age that we live in with news coming at a 724-365 from every imaginable direction? Well, Rob, it's really the most important thing is the yoga because just as you're saying, everything is bombarding us Mm -hmm. and there's so much technology. And in order to balance that out, we need the ability to stop and breathe a moment. We need ability to feel our own selves, feel like we're inside of our bodies and feel that we're connected to our own inner peace. And this is some of the benefits of yoga. 
How does that work? How does yoga help us to get inside our own inner peace? Uh, the way that I see it working from my 40 years of practicing yoga is that, um, let me think if I can explain this, uh, just when I close my eyes, mm -hmm. I can settle, I feel a settling down into myself. And when I breathe consciously, then I feel like this relaxation start to happen within my body. And I know that, that people have studied what happens when people do yoga, breathing or meditation. And it really does help to allow even our neurotransmitters and our proprioceptors and all the places inside of our body, those little minute places, it helps them to change. Uh, there's been many studies lately on yoga and meditation and how it helps our bodies and minds to calm down, become at peace, and also helps us to feel more of our natural connection with our inner self. You know, people, when you talk to them about yogi, yoga, they, they think of a, a swami in a lotus position. And I yeah, know a lot I... of people think that way because mm -hmm. that's what's been, um, oh, I don't know, just that's been sort of the public view it has been either um, Swami in a lotus position mm -hmm. or just somebody, you know, with hardly any clothes on doing some really hard yoga pose that almost nobody can do. And it's in a way it brings more people in because it's attractive. And in yeah. a way, I think it's a detriment to yoga because Yoga really isn't about that, and you absolutely do not have to have those kinds of skills to, to do yoga. It, when you breathe, you're doing yoga. All when right, you stand, breathe consciously, you're doing yoga. All right, stand by. We've got to take a short break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Shakta Kalsa is our special guest, ExoNation, and um, childrensyoga.com and shaktarights.com are the two websites. We'll both be back on the other side of this break. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Don't go away. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers a certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th, Registration deadline is September 12th. 
Experience Journey Trance, Power Animals, Helping Spirits, Sacred Space, and Life Purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Talking to Shakta Khalsa this hour, Exonation, we're talking about children and we're talking about yoga. Her websites are childrensyoga.com and shaktarights.com. And she has a book coming out entitled The Yoga Way to Radiance, How to Follow Your Inner Guidance and Nature Children to Do the Same, published by our good friends at Llewellyn. Um, when a child who has never had any experience with yoga is introduced to yoga. What is their natural reaction? Well, I guess it would depend on what age the child is. Uh, younger children, we make it very playful, and in mm -hmm. general, they're really delighted with it. They love it. They want to do more. Uh, because we allow them some freedom of movement, um, they can make animal sounds sometimes with yoga. And then let's say you have some uh, children that are elementary age children, then the yoga just looks a little different. It's more like holding poses and focusing, and but we still make it fun for them. And we go all the way up to teenagers wow. with uh, kids yoga. And uh, ki teenager yoga looks a lot more like adult yoga. Is there any connection, because you were saying how they, they freeze the poses and so on, is there any connection between Tai Chi and yoga? Only in the sense that there's uh, concentration right. on both of them, movement with concentration. So you're being very present to that moment, both in Tai Chi, Qigong, and yoga. Fascinating. So how long does it take for a child to get right into the swing of yoga? And how can yoga help the child? In general, it, it, it takes almost no time at all. And if, if I have a class and there's a couple kids who really don't want to do it, it's fine with me if they just watch for a while or even the whole class, as long as they're not disrupting. Uh, because a lot of times they're just absorbing and everybody absorbs differently. And then the benefits that um, the teachers and uh, I, I train a lot of school teachers, therapists, uh, parents, grandparents, um, caregivers of children. And mm -hmm. the feedback I get is that it helps children to be more calm, more centered in themselves. It helps them to be able to focus on whatever school tasks they have. And in the long run, it helps children to just feel more connected to themselves, have more self-esteem, more ability to um, have call on their own inner strength, you might say. Are there any statistics or have there been any research studies done comparing children who um, participate in yoga compared to those who don't when it comes to scholastic standards or even athletic ability? I don't know about the comparison part, but there definitely have been studies done on children doing yoga and improvements within their abilities in school. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not familiar with anything that was like a blind study or a study with children who are not doing yoga and then children who are doing yoga. But there have been, there are many studies and there's actually a couple of them cited in my book of, um, how yoga improves the lives of children and their ability to do schoolwork. Can you share those with us? Well, I'd have to find them in here because I, in the book, because I don't, I don't have that just off the top of my head. Uh, oh, I actually turned to one of the pages. Um, Let's see. According to two 2015 reports mm -hmm. from the National Center for Health Statistics and the NIH, yoga was the most used body-mind practice in 2012. And it they, they give their statistics for adults, but also 3.1% of children. So that's 1.7 million mm -hmm. children using yoga that year. So children's yoga is growing very quickly. Uh, then there's some there's some other um, studies that 
I've seen out in the world where they're working with children with ADHD and autism. And uh, someone I know personally did studies on uh, taking heart rate uh, of the children before they practice yoga and then after they practiced yoga. And these were children with ADHD, so they were hyperactive, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very obvious in the graphs that their heart rate had stabilized and gone down after practicing yoga. Wow, that is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. What about the medical community? What does the medical community say about yoga? I feel like the medical community is using natural-based um, uh, methods more and more. Uh, they they are using meditation. There's been long-term research on meditation mm-hmm. by Dr. Herbert Benson. Uh, it's been going on for 20, 30 years. Meditation and yoga and other natural-based practices and I, I feel like uh, there's just going to be more of this in the future because people are seeking uh, something that will help children that isn't drugs. I can understand that. But is yoga a replacement for medical assistance? I would not call it a replacement. I would call it a complementary medicine. Okay. And there may be some some situations where through diet, through through yoga, uh, a child may be able to eventually mm-hmm. not use these. But this would be all under the care of a medical practitioner. Let me ask you, as a, as a professional and as an expert, are you aware of anything that would be derogatory for someone to use yoga? Mm, if they thought it was religious, I could mm-hmm. understand that. I don't view yoga as religious. Uh, I feel that you're working with your own body uh, and brain. And if you want to think of it as your spirit, your spirit being your inner self or your breath. Uh, But there are some people that don't view it that way. And I honor that too. I'm just trying to understand why anyone would associate a religious connotation with yoga. Uh, some people get it confused with because it comes from India originally mm-hmm. and some of the things we call them yoga sounds or mantras some of the mantras come from India yeah. and so some people associate that with the Hindu religion and I think that that is where the rub comes in perhaps I, I'm not really sure about that but uh, the way that I always present it is that Culturally, yes, yoga came from India, but there's many actual um, hieroglyphical or archaeological proof to show that yoga is based in a world in a world way in more than one culture, not just India, but they found um, hieroglyphs of yoga practice in the Mayan culture as well as the Chinese culture of many, many, you know, hundreds or I guess thousands of years ago. So the way I think of it is that yoga is a natural thing Mm -hmm. that our body can do in order to rebalance itself. And I think of it that way, and and I don't think of it as something religious. Um, Why would you say, how would yoga rebalance ourselves? That that was a very interesting statement. Mm -hmm. So how does yoga work in rebalancing ourselves, and how do we knock ourselves out of balance? We, we knock ourselves out of balance, just as you said in the very beginning, by this high, fast-paced life that people are living where mm-hmm. we're not really coming into our centered inner self. We are spending a lot of time just getting things done, working in the outward world, thinking, thinking, thinking about mm-hmm. things. Thinking doesn't bring us into a state of calmness and, and breath and connection. And it, so it's something that has to be experienced. It's it's hard to talk about it, but when people come to a yoga class, they start to experience this peacefulness because they're really coming back to their inner self. And really, that's what I've tried to do. And and really, I think very successfully in the in the book that I wrote, because I'm helping people to follow their inner guidance mm-hmm. and then nurture children to do the same. So first, they have to follow their own inner guidance, and when they can do that, and they start to feel what that feels like. Like now they can share that with the children in their life. And that's really been my life mission for the past 40 years. 
You've taken the Radiant Child program, yoga program, across the globe. Tell us about some of your international experiences with it. Oh, well, I I taught in South Africa, mm-hmm. and this was a passion of mine to, uh, once apartheid was finished there, I went there, I think, in 2006 or seven, and um we had a combination of some people who couldn't afford to be there, but we wanted them to be there like caregivers in orphanages and and um, people who lived in the townships. Uh, and so everybody was there all together learning how to um, share con- share yoga and meditation with not only children, but learning it for themselves. And it was a very beautiful experience. I remember uh, one young man who was a um, of the Zulu uh, tribe from South Africa. He gave a little presentation of a story about an eagle. And it was, a, it was kind of like a folklore story, but he did it all with yoga, oh, wow. with yoga postures as part of the story. And I just remember how beautiful that was and, what a, and how touching it was for everybody in the class. You, you said that, you know, we get unbalanced and, and yoga helps us to, to basically balance ourselves again. Mm-hmm. I can understand it in today's day and age with all the technological bombardment we get. But what mm-hmm. was it in history that had someone create yoga? What's the history of yoga itself? Well, no one actually knows, but I've written another book, uh, which is uh, called Kiss Guide to Yoga, Keep mm-hmm. It Simple series. It was yeah. like a dummies book that I wrote this in 2003, I believe. And um, in that, I had to explore, you know, the whole roots of yoga. So it was very fascinating for me to do that. And I discovered that no one actually knows how old yoga is. There's, there's, There are... Um, indications that could be as many as tens of thousands of years old. Uh, And this could be looked up on the web by anybody who's interested to Mm -hmm. to find out more about it. And so in those days, or even, you know, it wasn't a fast-paced society, but I believe that the reason why people studied yoga or developed yoga was because they were spiritual seekers. They were looking inside themselves to to understand who we are as human beings and how do we as human beings get out of our minds and come into a peaceful place within where we feel connected to our inner spirit, you could call it. Why do people need that? Can't they do that on their own, through their own psyche? Do we really need to look at the esoteric and the, you know, the... Well, I I don't think of it as esoteric in the sense that it's outside of us. It's all within us. So I'm not sure Mm -hmm. exactly what you mean by esoteric. Well, you know, people think that, you know, uh, yoga is is something from India that, like you were saying, there were religious connotations put on it by some. There were, you know, there there are people who look at it saying, hey, wow, you know, comes from India. We don't want anything to do with it. And and if this has been going on for thousands of years, the fact that nobody knows the history about it you know, doesn't that doesn't that raise questions? Don't we want to know? Well, I, you know, it's not so much that we don't know the history of it. Mm-hmm. It's more like there are many different ways that you could look at the history of it. All right, and we're going to take a little bit example, of a break here. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a break here, and we'll be back on the other side of this break, Exonation, as we continue, right here from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. And we're back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Shakta Khalsa is our special guest this hour. We're talking about yoga. She is the author of two new books out by, I'm sorry, a new book out by our good friends at Llewellyn Publishing. And it is entitled The Way to Radiance, How to Follow Your Inner Guidance and Nature and Nurture Children to Do the Same. Website is www.childrensyoga.com and www.shaktarights.com. Are, based on your experience, are little ladies or little gentlemen more adaptable to yoga? Well, I would say that young, younger children that are girls generally get into it right away. Mm-hmm. And for boys, we make it a little more boy-like. For example, I made some yoga warrior cards in which robots are doing yoga, hmm. and they really like those. So, yeah, I adapt it, and I think that that's really an important thing uh, to do is just, you know, you, you need to be able to be flexible sure. at, in your mind and in your uh, creativity when, you, when it comes to children. 
Now, who else can benefit from the ideas in your book? I wrote the book not just for parents. I wrote it for teachers, therapists, caregivers, uh, grandparents, nannies, anyone who has relationships with children, who works Mm -hmm. with children every day or lives with children. Uh, And I just feel that it's such an important subject because the more connected we feel to our true self, our inner self, our um, as you you know, we've been talking about that we're feeling peaceful in ourselves, then that translates to the children because they're just like little antenna who pick up everything in their environment. What kind of future do you envision if people take the advice in your book to heart? I envision a world with a lot more peace in it. Why? Because these are peaceful methods. These are ways of finding out who you are from the inside and living in that happier connected, peaceful self. So it would naturally translate in, into a more peaceful world. But philosophies, both religious and non, have been practicing this, trying to accomplish this from th- you know for thousands and thousands of years. Why do you mm-hmm. think your method will succeed where every other method has failed? Oh, I, I don't think that way. I think this is just another seed planting just like there's many, many seed plantings. Uh, I don't think this is a be-all and end-all at all. It just is a way that works. It's been, there's there's at least uh, 15 stories in there of students of mine, or they're my own stories, um, of people who have been working this way mm-hmm. with themselves and with children. And the stories are really beautiful, and they, and they, they just show how change can happen for the better. But there are also other books of other people teaching other techniques with the sure. same success as you have. So where do we put yoga compared to other techniques that are out there? And why should yoga be looked upon first or looked upon seriously as well as others? I am not comparing them to others. I believe mm-hmm. that others have valuable tools too. Okay, It's kind of like... Uh, that story of the, the the blind people who touch the elephant and one of them says the elephant is like a rope and because they're touching the tail and another mm-hmm. one says it's like a, a fan because it's touching the ear. There's some way for everybody and there's many, many different ways. So I'm not saying this okay. way is better or worse or anything. I'm just saying this is a seed we're planting for the future and there's many, many seeds being planted of which I'm very grateful Speaking about planting, what do you think about the new children with special abilities? Uh, are you talking about children perhaps with autism or on the autism spe- spectrum? No, I'm talking about children that are being called indigo children, children who are being uh, who are being born with exceptional abilities. Uh-huh. Um, I see those as being uh, something that we all have, but that we haven't really been able to develop or for some reason, some the children coming in now are just able to um, express those gifts more. And mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful. And I, I also feel that those children really need um, the ability for someone to uh, parent them or or uh, be their teacher who's very tuned into themselves as well. Could you describe uh, what your perception of the ideal relationship between parents and children should be? Well, I have some examples of that in my book. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just call on one that um, that I just thought of just now, and okay. that is just imagine a scenario in which... Um, Mom's driving the car, mm-hmm. and the child, a four-year-old child's in the back seat, and um, and they're on a highway, and then a car cuts mom off, and mom gets very, very upset, mm-hmm. very upset, and begins to swear, and then says to the child, the child notices something's wrong. What's wrong, mommy? Oh, nothing, nothing. Everything's fine. Now, in that scenario, the mom thinks that she's protecting the child, but from the child's point of view, the child's antenna 
could tell that something was wrong, but the mom is denying it. So from that scenario, the child could either feel, number one, I must not be reading this right. My intuition isn't reading this right. They won't say that or think that out loud, but this more and more of those kind of situations can cause that to happen. Mm -hmm. Or they will trust that the adult is telling the truth and then they won't be following their own inner guidance, which told them something was wrong. Now let's take this scenario again. Mom's driving the car. Um, a car comes over into the lane. The mom gets upset. She swears. She's uh, afraid. She's shaken up. And the child says, Mom, what happened? And, and she says, that car cut me off. I got really scared. And now I'm just calming myself down. She's being honest with the child. She's saying, I'm, I'm going to take some deep breaths here. Do you want to do that with me? And now the child learned two things. My mom tells the truth. And there's things that we can do when we get upset. One of them is breathing. So there's a little scenario for you that's actually from my book. And it's a way of showing that there are different ways to handle situations. And to me, that's the more yoga way. You could call it something else. You don't have to call it yoga. But mm -hmm. that, to me, is the more yoga way of handling that. It's, it's honest, but it also has some technique or tools to help bring us back to center. Does yoga cross a line from being a discipline to actually investigating or, or looking into child psychology? Because what you were mentioning about the car and how the parent should relate to the child, that, in my opinion, is child psychology. And I'm just trying to figure out how that relates to yoga. Um, to me, it's not child psychology. To me, it is, and I, I haven't studied child psychology, but mm -hmm. just in, innately, it feels to me that what happened in that situation was energetically, the mom was upset and she didn't, she wasn't honest in that communication to the child, but the child could feel it. So in the second scenario, she was honest with the child and she took it a step further and said, here's, here's something that I'm going to do to help myself. And if you want to do it with me, you can. And it leaves it open-ended. So if you could call that child psychology, but to me it isn't. It, it relates more to uh, a yoga way of thinking because that's been my path for the past 40 years. How has yoga affected your own children? Well, I have only one son, and he's 24. Mm -hmm. And I would say that he is a, a person who knows how he, he can go off in different directions and, and that's just who he is and mm -hmm. he can find his own way back. And what I find with him is that he is able to um, be come back to center within himself and be honest within himself. And eventually, even if he's angry or something about something, eventually he will express that. So I have found that Growing up with yoga has helped him in the way of just helping him to be more clearly connected or aligned with who he feels himself to be from the inside. In the example you gave of the child in the car with her mother or mm -hmm. his mother, the child was four years old. Does the child at four years old actually have the ability to understand what the mother is trying to get across whether it is frustration, whether it is fear, you know, the mother's adrenaline is probably pumping. She's excited, you know, traffic yeah. and everything. So does the child at four years old really understand what is going on? I, I, I believe that they do because of my experience with them. They may not understand it on a conscious level, but they mm -hmm. feel the energy of it. They feel, you could call it a vibration, energy. Uh, they get the feeling of it. They're really much more feeling oriented than they are mentally oriented at that age, but they feel things. And so they could get the feeling that their mom is upset. I, I understand that. So if a mother takes the time to say, well, do you want to breathe deeply with me? And, you know, tries to use rational that would be used better used on a, on a child that is older. Are we no, not? Are, I, I are, found we, are we? Are we not? Ex are we not? Ex too, are we I've not? Been ex doing it for forty years, and it works. Are we not expounding on the fact that what you said between? Are we not expounding on the fact that we may be taking this to a higher level because we want to 
but make a point. I, but I want to go back for just a moment. The mother was just calming herself. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. And then she's calming herself with breath. And then she's inviting the child. She isn't doing it as a technique. She's calming herself because she needs it. And she knows that. And then she's inviting the child. But that's just secondary. Okay. Child learns what the example of their parents. You know, I've, I've, I've been a driver for many, many years. And I've been a police officer. I've driven on high speeds. I've run, you know, I've driven at uh, towards emergencies after suspects. And I'll tell you, the adrenaline gets going. Oh yeah, you know. So I'm just trying to trying to, and and we need adrenaline in our lives. We need at times to to have that extra boost. Could this be counterproductive? Uh, I not in the case that I was talking about. Uh, I have no idea mm-hmm. about that as far as uh, someone needing adrenaline. But in the case I was talking about, the 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 thing had happened. Mm-hmm. There was no accident, okay. and now it was time for the mom to just be able to deal with her emotions, gotcha. and that's all I was saying in that situation. I'm really not sure okay. about your question, about the answer to your question. All right, stand by. We've got to take our final break for this hour. Exxon Nation, we're talking about yoga and children. Shakta is the author of How to, let me see, The Yoga Way to Radiance, How to Follow Your Inner Guidance and Nurture Your Children to Do the Same, published by our good friends at Llewellyn Publications. For more information on Shakta, visit her website, childrensyoga.com and www.shaktarights.com. This is The X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, if you'd like to be part of UFO history, www.cubesat.tech. That's C-U-B-E-T-E-C-H dot tech. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exome from our broadcast center in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune into Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365.
Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Exonation, Shaktra Khalsa is our special guest of this hour, www.childrensyoga.com and shaktarights.com. She's the author of The Yoga Way to Radiance, How to Follow Your Inner Guidance and Nurture Children to Do the Same. It's published by our good friends at Llewellyn. And how do you think your new book, The Yoga Way to Radiance, can actually help everyday challenges that parents and children face? Well, within the book, there are some... Uh, different techniques that they can do on the spot that have to do with um, 
just being able to um, be okay, for example, with what's happening right in the moment, to allow their own feelings and then let that show them how it moves into something that feels better. There's different techniques that I wouldn't describe strictly as yoga, um, not in the sense that most people understand yoga, but they are kind of meditative techniques. And there's even uh, several journaling processes, which I think can be very helpful for mm -hmm. adults and children. Um, should children, uh, you know, is there any age limit when a child or a young adult should do meditation? Are there any limits to meditation? Well, with younger children, our meditations are very playful and simple. They might uh, just do something like make a balloon with their arms and breathe in and bring their arms down. They might um, sing a song, a little yoga song that we have with affirmations in it. And then as they get older, say preteens and teens, they could mm -hmm. probably sit for, we usually start at least in, in, in when I'm working with kids, like with preteens, I might start with just three or four minutes of uh, breathing or um, so we, we do interesting, fun things like holding a feather and blowing on a feather. Mm -hmm. So they, they start to tune into their breath more. And then with teenagers, I would do a little bit longer, maybe seven minutes to start. Is yoga something that you have to continuously practice? No. Um I think having a steady practice of yoga is helpful, especially in the beginning, let's say for a few years. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I found in my own life is that I feel like I understand how to stay connected to that consciousness or that awareness uh, for, through the practice of, of yoga. And I don't, I, I think you can find it anyway, like even just walking in a meditative way, going for a walk in nature can be your meditation. So I, I don't think of yoga as in a, in a hard and fast way that it has to look a certain yeah. way. It's more a state of being than anything. That's rather interesting. Um, how would you suggest people introduce themselves to yoga? Like we've got people listening around the world tonight that may be learning about yoga for the first time and something you've said kind of triggered something in them. So how can people learn about yoga? Are there, for example, uh, with karate and judo and tai chi, there are places where you can go in your neighborhood to find out more. Sure. Are these are these places available that, for yoga? That, it, that it's important to uh, try a class, see how you like it. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for you, then try a different one and and see because there's so many different styles. The style that I teach is called Kundalini Yoga. Mm -hmm. um, I, I it has a lot more movement to it. We don't hold postures as long, and you don't need as much flexibility for Kundalini Yoga. But somebody, one person might be really attracted to um, holding postures, and another one might be more attracted to movement. So I would just suggest they shop around. Shop around? Yeah. Hmm. You surprised me when you didn't say, buy my book. <laughs> okay, buy my book. <laughs> We've got a few minutes left. What would you like to tell the listening audience about yoga? This is this is the time I give you the guest to make your to make your to make your point on why people should, you know, develop or go into yoga, look at yoga, and how yoga can be an asset to their health, to their lives, and enrich them. Well, in combination with a healthy lifestyle, like eating healthy, um, organic, more plant-based, I believe that yoga is one of the other methods uh, among many, and it's not the only way for sure, that can help you to feel your own inner happiness, your own connection to who you are from the inside, that kind of pure spirit that you are, that you came in with. And when you look at babies and you see babies and you see their their um the light in their eyes well we all came in that way and we all have that potential again and i feel that yoga is one of the ways that has helped me 
uh, in the past 40 years to just kind of reclaim that mm -hmm. part of myself. And so, as I said, it's not the only way at all, but it is a very good way and it's natural. It's not using drugs. It's not, it doesn't have side effects. It's just a natural way of helping yourself to feel better, both physically, mentally, and then connecting to who you are from the inside. And if you want to call that your spirit, yeah. you want to call it your inner self, you don't have to call it anything. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Just being able to be more truly who you are and be happier. That's, that's why I think yoga is, is good for our society and good for the world. And, and at the same time, I'm not fanatical about it. I think there's many, many ways that can help you to um, feel all these same connections that I'm that I'm just saying. Um, in the book that I wrote, uh, The Yoga Way to Radiance, there's many techniques in there, many different ways, many opportunities and offerings. It's not just all yoga per se at all. So has yoga enhanced your your spirituality? Oh, yes. How? Mm -hmm. How so? Yeah. How has yoga enhanced your spirituality? And to what well, do just, you... Just as I said, my, my spirituality is what I think of as my true natural self. Mm -hmm. And I feel more and more in touch with that as the years go by. And whether or not I practice yoga let's say when I get up tomorrow morning, mm -hmm. I might just um, sit quietly, I might pet my dog, I might go for a walk. But because of the yoga and the many years of yoga, it has helped me to understand how to get back to that place of my natural self. So whether or not I actually practice right. some postures or exercises or meditation, formal meditation, I still can do that. I can, I can feel what that feels like for me. But how do you know when you're back to your natural self? I, it just feels good. I, I feel what it feels like. It feels true and good. That's very hard to describe because it's different for every person. But as an author, how do you relate this to your readers? Um, I do it through examples and stories. There's there's quite a lot of wonderful stories. that These are all real, authentic stories that mm -hmm. happen to people. And I feel like the stories really kind of solidify the teachings that are in the book. Can you give us a one quick example? We've got about three minutes. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Uh, there is a story in there where I was, uh, where I was um, asked by a, a woman who um, couldn't come to my training when I was traveling around. I was in Texas, mm -hmm. but she asked if she could come to my hotel room and bring her three-year-old son who she thought probably had autism. So she brought her son to my hotel room. Uh, he came in, he made a beeline for the um, air conditioner and he was very oriented toward machines and he just wanted to play with the machine. His, his mother wanted him to do yoga. I'm putting that in quotes, do right. yoga. So I sat down with his mother and we did a couple fun songs with movements. He paid absolutely no attention to me or to what we were doing. And then he went over to the kitchenette and he was rolling the top drawer with the silverware back and forth, back and forth. And he was looking inside the drawer as he was doing it. His mother was talking to me. She wanted me to help her son do yoga. But what I saw was I had to go into his world. I wanted to know, I sincerely wanted to know what was so fascinating about that drawer. And I got down on his level and I looked at that drawer and I saw the wheel turning and how it was in the groove. And at the exact moment that I was really seeing it, as he was seeing it in the moment right there, he turned to me and smiled. And I knew that we had made a connection. Now, I didn't try to make him do yoga after that. I just said to his mother, it's the more important that you go into his world and he feels good about who he is. That's the best yoga you can do with him right now. And that's perfect. And then if he wants to join you in something when he feels that connection mm -hmm. because you've made the connection with him, then fine. But don't try to force him into yoga. Go into his world. Ask for an invitation into his world. Let me ask you one quick question. Why would somebody with an autistic child bring the child to you who is not a qualified professional but somebody who writes about yoga i don't understand that 
Um, I, I don't know how to answer your question. People are looking for many different ways of helping their child. It doesn't mean I was a replacement for his doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am a professional at what I do. Actually, you're, you're a professional. I'm a professional yoga teacher right, of but 40 that, years. But that doesn't but give you I any, would say any that credentials. It's, it's because people it's because people are looking for some helpful tools and natural ways of working with their children, and yoga can be one of those. All right, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, good luck, and uh, Exxon Nation. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. 